Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. X-Pac 12360, featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your hosts, Sean, X-Pac, Wolfman. Hey there, welcome to X-Pac 12360 on Westwood One. A great show in store for you today. We're going to be breaking down the week's top pro wrestling news headlines. And we have WWE Hall of Famer Rikishi joining us in studio today for a sit-down interview. The gang is all here. My name is Christy Olson. Please say hello to Jimbo. Hello, Christy, and hello, fans listening on Westwood One. Hello, and hello, Miss Denise. Hey, everyone. I'm super excited to be here today. It feels like really, like, hyped up. Yes! We are ready for Rikishi. We got Johnny in the house. I'm just honored to sit next to you wearing black leather. This is incredible. And there's no AC. It's going to get hot in here. It's going to be amazing. I I may be dying, but I look good. (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of looking good, it's the man you all have tuned in for. Say hello to Sean X-Pac Waltman. Hey there. Hi. 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 How are you guys doing? We're good. <laughs> I'm you are rocking your outfit that today. necklace. Yes. Yes. I, uh, I, had, I had lunch with Rikishi last Tuesday. Um, I think, he, I don't know, somebody, some people might have saw my tweet about going and destroying the all-you-could-eat Korean barbecue. Hey. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so uh, I haven't had official Samoan uh Deeds are blah 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 for a while. Wow! And so, as a gift, yeah, they brought it to me, and so I'm wearing it today. Sweet, yeah. And we're gonna make sure we get a good pic of that and throw it up yeah. on your social media too. Yeah. What is the reaction when he walks into an all-you-can-eat restaurant? I don't know. He got there before I did. Oh, okay. And, he, and, <laughs> and 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 honestly, like that's a that's a regular spot for him. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's so not it's like, like cheers for yeah, him. Yeah. Like, oh, sure. Keish, what up? So he yeah. resides in L.A. In the area. Okay. Yep. Cool. I figured with Knox Pro and everything, but yeah. So and and they have a big event coming up, and we're going to talk about that. And um, and there's a lot of things going on we can talk about. Yeah, we look forward to hanging out with Rikishi a little later. Before that, can we do some X Pac One Two Three Sixty yeah, let, news of the week? Yeah, let's do it. X Pac One Two Three Sixty Wrestling News. I hope y'all are sitting down for this one because Brock Lesnar's move to the WWE will net him truckloads of money. How much is in that truckload? Well, guys, he is getting $637,000 per fight with the WWE. That's in addition to $127,000 for every TV appearance he makes. This is a short-term deal and kind of a new one. It allows WWE to just pay him and use him whenever they need him. Okay. Yeah, which I think is what he was definitely after, and this also includes an image rights deal with the company for the first time. So this allows WWE to use Brock's likeness for merchandising, and he gets another six hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars a year from that. 
So this oh, so they license out the so he, they just license his image out and they pay him a flat fee for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see, and then they can just do whatever they want. He does get an additional an additional six percent cut ah, from his merchandise okay. sales too. All right. So what you're saying is maybe he could finally afford to put a house phone in <laughs> at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's got his fingers crossed, but mm-hmm. these these numbers are astronomical. Uh, and they would and the deal wouldn't have been made if it wasn't a win win for both parties. Trust me. Yep. a hundred percent. So good. For Brock and good for the WWE and, in my opinion, good for wrestling. Yeah, yeah. good for the WWE Universe who will be <coughs> watching Brock this Friday live on the WWE Network from Saudi Arabia as he puts his Universal yeah. Championship title on the line. A lot of people talking about this show. There's going to be other the Raw Tag Team titles are on the line. There's 50 men getting in the ring together. They're yeah. including a pre-show on the WWE yeah. Network. So they're gearing up for big That's this Friday, right? It mm-hmm. is this Friday yeah. at noon Eastern time. Six hours, I think. Yeah. Six hour event. And the elephant in the room is no lady. Yeah. That's right. Actually, it's not really an elephant. Everyone's talking about it. <laughs> Let's just call this the man show. Yeah. The pre show will yeah. be hosted by Byron Saxton. Yep. Because Renee's not allowed. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not. Everything's uh, been said. Um, I understand where everyone's coming from on every side of this issue. Sure. And that might seem like fence walking, but it's just the way it is. I, I do get it. Well, I get. I was in Pakistan last year uh, with a group of people that brought pro wrestling to Pakistan for the first time ever. And 16 countries were represented. I did the commentary. And women were allowed to wrestle, but they had to be completely covered up. And even that was a huge deal. So I feel like I understand why people are criticizing WWE. How could you go over there? I look at it this way. Them going over there could be a bridge to being allowed to have women on future shows. I think this can only be a positive because no one ever thought there'd be pro wrestling in Pakistan. We were the first live entertainment there since a Brian Adams concert in 2009. And yet we went there. It was peaceful. We hit three different cities and thousands of people came. Sure. And now that, that, that whole gate is open. I think this can open the gate to uh, you know, more activities for women and, and hopefully wrestling happening. Yeah. And that was kind of what Triple H had said in that press conference or with a press release that he put out was saying, like, look, this is kind of the start where we can, in the future, yeah. maybe perhaps see women on the show. So, honestly, for me, like, I feel like I also see both sides of the argument where versus for WWE, this was a business deal. This is something that they have been wanting to do. So, you know, why not go for it? I mean, granted, it does. It's not fun for the women, you know, but I do think that also a lot of people are forgetting Mm -hmm. that this show is mainly for Saudi Arabia, not for the American audience. This is for them. So this is sort of like, I guess you can say a propaganda show for them. So in a way, it's kind of like, can we really get mad considering that? It's for them, you know, and there's just so many more crazy things that I'm learning about Saudi Arabia sure. that are coming out, like that I'm just focusing on now, which is pretty interesting, too. And you have to start somewhere when it comes down to it. And if they didn't do this show, the Saudi Arabian government was absolutely going to do nothing to help women. So at least by doing this show, you're bringing awareness to it to where maybe they'll be more open minded. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, everyone's kind of given their opinion on on it, and like I said, I understand where everyone's coming from, and so a lot of money being thrown around. Absolutely, I, I mean, I'm like, it's insane amount of money being thrown around. I, I know that, uh, you know, this weekend, uh, you know, I was, I was in Baltimore, and I was with Shawn Michaels, uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and uh, and we were talking about that, and you know, there was oh. they were wanting to get Shawn. And he was just like, you know what? Don't even bother sending me an offer and trying to tempt me. 
because they're huge money offers. And he's going, I got a thing with my one of my kids, and I'm doing that, and that's all there is to it. So good for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, moving yeah. on to some legal news. <laughs> Harry Smith, who you may all know as Davy Boy Jr. Smith, is wanted by police in New Orleans due to the incident we've all heard about now with Jake yeah. Roberts that went down on WrestleMania weekend. So the New Orleans police are investigating what they call a simple battery incident. This was April 7th. The victim told police that he attempted to shake hands with Smith, and a verbal argument ensued. I think, Sean, you can probably shed a little more light on that. And it is worth noting here that Davy Boy Smith has admitted to this. In an interview with WrestleZone.com, he could be facing up to six months in jail or a fine of up to $1,000 should this move past an investigation. Yeah, uh, it's it's sad to me that it's gotten this far. Uh, Any time there's an incident with, you know... People in my industry like going at each other. It's sad to me, uh, you know. And look, I understand. You know, there was some things said mm-hmm. that you know, and and maybe there um, there were things that went on between Jake and Davy, and you know, even Harry acknowledged that to me. You mm-hmm. know, but still, yeah, I've talked to them about this. Um, it's his dad. Their dad is, is and, he, and, he, and he's dead. And you know, whether these things were true or not, like he's not around to re, you know rebut any of that stuff. And you know, um, you got to understand where where the kid's coming from. And and I wish. Also, here, the, here's the thing, though: when you approach somebody in public mm-hmm. about something like that, you kind of got to give them room to save face. Or it blows up just like it did in that situation, you know, because mm-hmm. there's pride involved and and uh, and in egos and things like that. And I just think it's sad. Are you surprised that Jake is pursuing it legally? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I, honestly, I am. Yeah. Do you think that's only because it was done in such a big? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, situation. it was. There's a lot of embarrassment there because of how things. You know, I mean, everyone. It was a big scene and. This yeah. was at WrestleCon, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, sad situation. I hope that everything gets resolved. Absolutely. And we'll keep everyone updated on that. Meanwhile, if you are a New Japan fan, we got some good news for you. Tickets for their next show in California are going on sale May 1st at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, with prices starting at only 40 bucks and going upwards of, of course, $300. No card has been announced yet, but this event goes down on July 7th at the Cow Palace in the San Francisco area. This building holds 12,000 yeah. people. Oh, that's right. And they are expected to sell out as they did for their last event, um, and that would make this one of the biggest wrestling events outside of WWE in yeah. the United States in decades. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was the one that suggested they run the Cow Palace after I, uh, I did. I was on a show up there for a APW Marcus mm-hmm. APW runs great shows, and uh, and so I just I suggested to George Carroll from New Japan, hey, I don't, you guys should run the Cow Palace. I mean, that's it's perfect, and I mean the history there and everything, and uh, you know I said you guys should reach out to. Marcus, the local promoter, there. That's the right thing to do, in my opinion, and I think they did. And you know, they figured something out. And uh, it's just that if you, there's a difference. Like if you run a show there, um, like APW is doing, um, then when you try to film something there, shoot an event there, like for broadcast, mm-hmm. changes everything. Sure. You know, you 
union fees, all kinds of things start popping up. And, and so it does raise the cost. But uh, anyways, uh, there I think there's a little trepidation there as far as, uh, you know, worried about selling it out. But I, oh. I, I, since I have nothing on the line, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty confident that it'll be a sellout. Yeah, I think you're gonna have people driving yeah. from all over California to go to this. I, I imagine it's got to be involved with G, G1 Climax. I'm assuming maybe the tournament. Yeah. I'm not quite sure, but yeah, G1 special. There you go. With how they've drawn in in Long Beach, I think, like you said, brilliant move. Why not? And as in Cal Palace, it's such a great atmosphere. When it, it, I mean, even when when I went and did that one show there, there was three thousand people there, and it didn't look very packed. But the atmosphere was still great, and the last time I worked in that building before that was, I think, 95, 96, something like that, versus Dean Malenko for the U.S. title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Super Brawl when, when uh, Hogan and Piper had their oh. match. Remember with the, all the Alcatraz stuff? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it was great. We opened the show, and the crowd was amazing, and you know, I had a great match with my teacher. <laughs> so, thousand holes. History. Yeah. Well, we have one more headline for you today. This is something that we've been covering, I think, kind of since we started the show here, and now we're talking about China's former manager, Anthony. Yeah. Anzaldo, who I believe you have. I know seen. Anthony. Yes. Yeah, you you know yep. him. He is still going back and forth with China's mom. Yeah. The the most current issue is, of course, two years after her death, Anthony posted a GoFundMe page to raise twenty five thousand dollars to place what he said is twenty five percent of what was left of China's yeah. ashes in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Yes, there was a lot of um, criticism for that move. Yeah. China's mom herself even came out and said he doesn't own those ashes. There aren't supposed to be any left. And they continue to go back and forth. He eventually pulled the GoFundMe page and said that he will privately figure out how to yeah, fund. Yeah, I had communication with Anthony yesterday about everything. Oh. Yeah. Because uh, initially, like, okay, when I see things on Twitter, I try not to react anymore. But, you know, some things are kind of, you know, can't help it, you know. Right. And my initial reaction was we dumped all the ashes out. I was there. I helped dump the ashes into the ocean. Uh, but, um, you know, speak like communicating with Anthony about it and look, Hey, um, here's the thing. Like everyone involved is, is flawed in this situation. Like, um, so no one's perfect in this. And, and Anthony, you know, he comes off, he, he doesn't come off in a good light a lot of times the way he handles things. But I, I don't have a, he, he does have a quarter of the ashes left. And, and if some, I, I honestly like thinking about it. I don't have a problem if people want to donate to, to, to get her, you know, a spot in Hollywood cemetery. Cause the, the truth is, is that's something she really would have liked, mm-hmm. honestly. And, um, as far as Joni's mom, I get it. I get where she's coming from, but the truth about, I mean, she, she had a chance to go visit Joni. They, they, there was a meeting set up, and she no showed that. Oh, she no showed that. People don't know this. Oh man, when was that? It was before she died. Was Mark. she having health issues at the time when the meeting was supposed to happen? She, it's all. She's always had issues. Right. She's always had them. I mean, for years. So I mean, it wasn't like there. There. Anyways, all I'm saying is that. You know, 
It's a little. It seems like is a little there, late. Is there a solution? I, I just think every like Anthony's well. He's I, in my who the who the hell am I to say what anyone can or can't do? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, her and I weren't together for many years. You know, um, so it's not for me to say. But my opinion is is like. I don't really have a problem with it. If he actually does have the ashes and the money goes to the. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think that's the issue is you said you, there shouldn't be any more ashes left. The mom yeah, thinks my... there shouldn't be any more ashes left, but he's asking for $25,000 to bury ashes. You think. Is that the co- Maybe that's the yeah, cost. You think she's like, well, wait a minute. Something's not right here. Is he really burying? Because with GoFundMe, you could take the money and never do anything, right? right. Yeah. You're not accountable for it. so. And who knows what yeah. the cost is for Hollywood Cemetery. Exactly. I'm sure it's it's up there. But he, yeah. he had it broken down on the GoFundMe page. Okay. He, did. Well, he yeah. try, tried to make it as legit as possible is what yeah. it looks like. Yeah. I mean, so we can like, sit back and, you know. Speculate. But... Speculate and say, oh, you suck or you're not, you know, you're trying to scam or. But come on. You know, I think I honestly think in his own way, he's just trying to, you know, that he's trying honor to do a her. Good thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I think I'm sure her mom is is probably really wounded from not showing up. She yeah. didn't show up. She yeah. was scared. It's a scary thing when like she hadn't seen her kid decades. Wow, you know, and and then so you know, I think she got scared, mm-hmm. and I understand that. I'm a I'm a failed parent. I understand these things, you know. So. You know, and, and I don't know. Enough of this. Yeah. Okay. We had. Enough, I've talked enough about this. Thank you for sharing, Sean. And we will take a short break now. We're going to be back soon with WWE Hall of Famer Rikishi. Hey, Xbox One Two Three Sixty fans! I just wanted to tell you two ways that you can support the show to help it grow. First, if you've ever wanted a shout out, a surprise message for various occasions from me, all you have to do is visit celebvm.com/slash Sean Waltman to request a video today. Not only does it support the show, but a portion of the proceeds go to charity. Second, visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman. That's the only place to grab shirts with the X-Pac 12360 logo, Wolfpack, or many other designs. If you pick up a shirt, make sure to tweet us using the hashtag X-Pac 12360. That's CelebVM.com slash Sean Waltman for a personal message from me, X-Pac. And ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Waltman for X-Pac, Wolfpack, and X-Pac 12360 gear. Thanks for supporting the show. Now let's get back to it. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360 on Westwood One. Joining us now is a man who is part of the legendary Anoa'i family. Oh, he on. was a former Intercontinental Champion, a tag team champion, but you might most remember his dance moves with Too Cool, his endless stream of stink faces, <laughs> running over Stone Cold, getting thrown off a hell in a cell by The Undertaker. You guys know who I'm talking about. Please give a warm welcome to WWE Hall of Famer Rikishi. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you so much. What an introduction. Well, you you did your homework, you know. I had Thank a little you. help on that one from Denise. But yes, so glad to have you here. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And kid, that's that's my Uso. My brother from yeah, another bro. mother for hey. well over 20 something plus years and thank you so much. Hey, um, Junior, <clears throat> those stink bases, they didn't really stink, man. I hope I'm not ruining the deal, but <laughs> Man, I had a couple of them, and I couldn't breathe, but it didn't stink. <laughs> well, no, that, that's because that's me and you are oozers, you know what I mean? But then, yeah, I also had those other thongs that I never brought out. Uh, the, yeah. Those are the ones that the yeah. people that I didn't like, I, I, I put that on them. But. Yeah. <laughs> 
I no, think we need to see it. that ring. The audience needs to see that ring. Oh, okay. There it is. There you yeah. go. The Hall of Fame ring. I just want to take up. this time, too. I mean, uh, when I wear this here, I wear it proud and loud uh, to be able to remind me of all the fans out there uh, that appreciate the work, the hard work, as Kid knows as well. There's so much that, you know, sacrifices have been made and so forth. And this just reminds me of of the, the road that, you know, the tours and everything that came with this industry. And I'm just reminded every day, I want to say thank you to the fans. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. Yeah. And I'm saying that as a fan of yours. Thank you, kid. I yeah. mean, I love you, man. I love mean, you, too. <laughs> hey, I, I can't remember exactly... I usually remember the exact time when I, I met people, but mm-hmm. I just know that, you know, it was a day after WrestleMania 9, and you know, when they had WrestleMania 9 in Vegas, mm-hmm. and it was the next day we had <clears throat> TV tapings in, Philly, in Phoenix. Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, that was where I came in. The, we, the, we, the Smoking Guns first day in, too. Absolutely. We yeah. had, we actually spoke about, uh, about that and, uh, when we were having Korean barbecue the other day. Yeah. And I, I came right off. It's like I remembered it yesterday. We just uh, went down memory lane, and I came out and said, you debuted in Phoenix. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Sitting there eating Korean barbecue with Lulu under the table. (laughs) Sneaking (laughs) food. Sneaking food. (laughs) Eating for free, as always. (laughs) Uh, You know, as Simone's, you know, we love food. So (laughs) it was just the right place for me and the kid to meet up. I said, we're going to meet at my favorite place, is Korean barbecue, and we're going to have some fun just to catch up. Defer, June defer, and I call. Is it okay if I call you Junior? Yes, absolutely. And and I Rose. hope you and I hope you continue to call me Kid, right? Because <laughs> I would hurt my feelings if you didn't. <laughs> so, um, my the first mm-hmm. time I remember seeing you mm-hmm. was when you and Sammy were the Samoan SWAT team with right. Paul Heyman in WCW. Mm-hmm. And man, you guys had innovative tag moves and just like the best tag team in the business at the time, man. Well, you know what, dude? We were hungry. Yeah. You know, when you have that opportunity, we're with the Von Erichs, uh down in uh, uh, Dallas, Texas. That's right. I saw you. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's where, where I saw we're you with first. Buddy Roberts. That's right. We were there with Buddy Roberts. And then we got the call uh, to get a shot at, uh, it was NWA at the time yes. in Atlanta. And so we took the drive and went up there. And when that opportunity came for us, it was the, the building of the Samoan SWAT team. And we were just like, you know, being trained by uncle is, is one of those things. Yeah. You're going to get your ass in there and you're just going, you know, straight up. You're going for the That's job it. out there. And, 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 the, and when I saw you in WCW, I'm going, all right, Steiner Brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Those guys, they were right up our alley. Yeah. You know what I mean? You had Steiner, then you had Hawk and Animal. That's right. And so it was a good time for the SWAT team to come in. I mean, we were young. Uh, we were hungry. It was really our first big televised uh, uh, company that we're going to go into. I mean, uh, and it was that opportunity that came and being uh, put together with Paul Heyman. Yeah, right. The mouthpiece that, you know, that just add on to All we had to do was do the work. Yeah. And uh, it was just what we were trained for, you know? In, in, and to, to to go backwards a little bit mm-hmm. to the to the Texas stuff, I thought Buddy was a great fit. Buddy Roberts <laughs> with the lava lava and the, and the necklace just like I'm wearing right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was perfect. Uh, no, you know, it, it, Buddy, I mean, uh, you know, we learned a lot from him as well. Yeah. I mean, Buddy came in during an era with uh, my uncles off on Sika back in the days of free birth. And we kind of went up underneath their wing with yeah. uh, Michael Hayes and Buddy Roberts and, you know, 
bless his soul, uh, Terry Gordy. Yeah. And so we we kind of just had a program together, and it just you know it's just one of those things, kid. You know, if it comes, it, it, you can feel it. If it's if it's meshed right together, it's a program that you can run. You know what I mean? And so it was great. You know. Yeah, it was. And then and then you know they had uh, they had they had Tonga Kid come in. So a little bit uh, with that, right? No, he he actually Tonga came and came right directly. Um, he came to when we went to NWA. Yeah, and then that's what uh, I mean. NWCW. I remember right. him. <clears throat> at one time, you guys looked so much like each other. Well, everybody, I mean, for years thought they thought twins. I was a Tonga kid. <laughs> I says no. Uh, they thought I was twins. I said no. You know, that's my younger brother. Yeah. And so I have uh, I have four brothers. Um, both of them are, two of them are in the biz- business, which is the late Umanga, a Samoan bulldozer, and then the Tonga kid, and then my my other younger brother. I'm the oldest out of the four. Yeah. So out of the four brothers, three were in the business. Yeah. And uh, being trained up underneath Uncle Alfonsica. Was it very different coming for you coming up with your family as opposed to someone who has no connections in the business? Um. <clears throat> It was, it was, uh, you know what, I mean, the culture, it was, uh, it was an easy transaction for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we were fans of the, of uh, our uncles. Yeah. Coming in the industry, we were like, you know, between them and High Chief Peter Maivia, they put Samoa on the map. And then, you know, we fell That's into That's the truth, the Junior, because honestly, I didn't know what Samoa was until I watched wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, being a fan and you're watching your uncles in TV, and all of a sudden, like, this, this thing here comes to where you want to be able to do that. <clears throat> so they didn't give us, they were, there wasn't, it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's one of those things that they taught us about the business, to respect it. You know, it's the bread and butter. You know, it's what put foods on the table. And then it goes with our culture. You know, our culture is uh, uh, you, you respect. It's, that's a big word in, in our culture. You know, you know your role, understand, you know, uh, the, that the oldest and, you know, <clears throat> everybody else listens to the oldest, that that type of uh, chain of command, right? And, and that's huge. I, yeah. I noticed that. Like, because here's the thing, and I want to you know, thank you from the bottom of my heart, too, you and your whole family, because from the time I came, in back in the days when I was such a, a little kid, mm-hmm. went behind the ears. You guys took me in, you know. Like I've, I've been to your family's house, you know. <laughs> right. I throw up on your family's floor, <laughs> you know, and yeah. and been taken care of and, and that. And and I mean a lot to me. But I, the the one thing that that I picked up on was the the respect and the chain of command and, mm-hmm. and all that you're talking about. Well, and the culture strong, that. kid. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> again. And you know, if somebody's doing good, they helping out ones that aren't. You you know it. Yes. Like when you know when my family, it, when when we love you, we love you. Yeah. You know what I mean. But when we don't like you, then that's the side you don't want to be on. But I mean, you know, our relationship with the kid, he's actually been in our family for a long time. We've had meals together, and there's certain people in the business that you do kind of let into your family, your private life, and the door was always open for him, and, and amongst others that are in the industry. And as you know, in this industry, you really can't trust too many people. No. You know, I'm sure it's in any business or any entertainment. There's certain people that you mesh with. And this is why we're, we're here, what, 31 yep. years later? 
And we talked about this at the Korean barbecue. It's like, I haven't seen my friend in a long time. And when I seen him, I was just so happy to see him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, damn, kid, we, we made it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. That's, a, that's one of, that was the theme of our conversation was that we made it out the other side. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so many of our friends and our loved ones and that didn't, you know. And, uh, you know, and, you know, things like this now, now that I'm older and I've surpassed that, survived that part of my life. It's like when I see a lot of my coworkers back in the day, today, it's just I'm happy to see them alive. Yeah. I'm happy, you know, that, that we surpassed that storm and was able to survive all that. Yeah. Because it wasn't it wasn't an easy lifestyle for us. I mean, we grind, we sacrificed, we were away from our family. Like I, I mentioned this the other day, like the Hoosh was my kids. I know them, but I don't know them. And in a way to where we were so, so busy, yeah. when I came home, my kids were sleeping. When it was time for me to go, they were off to school. And so a couple of days to change your bag, you get your flight, six in the morning, you're back out the door. And so, you know, to be able to see each other, I, I always like to say, you know, I'll see you again, rather than say goodbye yeah, to Yeah, till friends. we meet again. Till we meet again, my friend. Yeah. When, when, when I was with, uh, you know, during WrestleMania weekend, uh, Road Dog had had uh, Bullet Bob with him, mm-hmm. and when when they oh, left, he and his, and his lovely wife, and and when they left, he was saying goodbye to me. If I don't see you again, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, like don't yeah. say it like that. I yeah. mean, I think he just meant this time, mm-hmm. but like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's scary. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I don't want to be my last conversation with kid. Is like I say goodbye. Mm-hmm. It's like till we meet again. I, yeah. I, that I can live with that, yeah. but I can't live with like, dang, this thing, goodbye. Yeah, it was like that. You know what I mean? So, you mentioned often uh, seek already. They always hold a special place in my heart because I grew up in a tiny town called Northampton, Pennsylvania, okay. a mere ten minute drive from the Wild Samoan Trading Center in Whitehall. Mm. And I'll never forget the day my dad made the mistake of telling me that the Wild Samoans had a training center next to where my mom went bowling. Right. And so <laughs> many times. And, yeah. And my mom would bring there. me bowling. I was a little kid. I got in so much trouble from her. Every time I would try to bolt into the training center, I would run ahead and she'd have to like grab me by me. Like, no, you're not going in there. And then, of course, they moved to Hazleton. I'm not sure if they're still there. They're still there. But yeah, yeah I mean, Pennsylvania, it was Eastern Pennsylvania was a hotbed right. for professional wrestling. And that's where my love came from. Mm. Just knowing I was so close to them, even right. though I didn't know them. But as a kid, I was like, ah, oh, they're my. Yeah, yeah. My uncle was there for a while. Uh, Alpha, Uncle Alpha, yeah. Uncle Alpha was there for a while, and now Uncle Alpha had moved down towards uh, Mineola. Okay, and he still has the wall. He opened up a wall Samoan training center there, but my cousin Sammy, this is his son, he's taking over that school there in, in so Pennsylvania, right? In Pennsylvania now. Yeah. Isn't Alpha? So. I thought Alpha was in Florida. Yeah, he's in Florida. He's in Mineola, Florida. And yeah. so he's down there. Uh, Big Sam is up in uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yeah. But it's a new location there, but he's still in the in the same place. He also has a, an academy academy up there as well as uh, uh, the Wilson One Training Center as well up there. And uh, Uncle Sika, yeah. uh, he moved to Pensacola, and that's where Roman Reigns was born and raised at, and he never left the beach. 
You know, so he's still there as well. You and know? you know, I saw him in WrestleMania weekend, and he looks good, June. Uh, Uncle Sika. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. And he's and he and it looks like he feels good too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Uncle Sika. He feels yeah. good twenty four seven. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it reminded me uh, when you brought up Appa and Sika. Marty and Marty Gennetti and I, we were tag champions for a half a minute, mm-hmm. and it, on one TV we worked with you and Sammy. And and with up on with pops, call yeah, him, uh, call right. him pops, pops on on the floor and uh, in the middle, and we're the baby bases. But somehow this worked great, and and uh-huh. I got a great pop for pops slid in and gave me the Samoan drop. Right, right. Yeah, it was a sweet. I ass think that spot was that one came back off of momentum. You have a, such like, a good memory. Man, he still didn't. It's right? exactly how it, it went. was. Duck one. Yeah, it was that momentum. That's he right. came in through that right hand. Kid Duck came back. Boom. And then he had he had air to it. He did. He just didn't catch you and go backward. He jumped up in there. Yeah. I was like, man, I I think that you know he should be wearing the trunks. <laughs> and I, I might want to be standing out there as a manager. And but so, I'm sorry. It's one of those things, though. You know, what I mean, you 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 learn the craft and. And you have passion for it. It's just those yeah. times right there when that opportunity came, and he knew that that was his spot right there. Oh, he yeah. was going to bring it. And, and 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 I was telling everyone here. Well, Johnny didn't hear it, but mm-hmm. uh, one time uh, we were coming back. We talked about this. Right. We were coming back from Hawaii on the way. I think maybe even. From, oh yeah. Was it where we come back from Japan, Guam, and all that yeah, too? Yeah, we had that loop around yeah. from Japan to Guam, Guam to Hawaii. Don't know what happened, but somehow Sammy didn't make it, <laughs> and so I was a Samoan that night. It was it was myself yeah. and, and and Rikishi, and I had the beads and, uh-huh. and the lava lava on. Yeah, came out to the Samoan music, everything, right. and worked with Shawn Michaels and Diesel. That's that right. Thing was Anaheim sold out house? Killed it. Yeah, sold out house. Yeah. The kid wore the lava lava. Yeah, and everything. I got down on one knee and did oh, all that. I, shit. I think we had the straps too at that time. I think so. We had the belts. Actually, you're right. You know yeah. what I mean? And so. But hell, yeah, you know, fun. when you go to Hawaii, it's very hard to leave. I yeah. mean, you know. <laughs> but we tore the house down that night. I mean, he, the kid stepped in and he filled the spot up and we just ripped it down. Man. Hey, do you remember Do you remember when we were in Japan, you and I had a singles match over there? Okay, refresh my memory. We I'm did, man. He did. Mm-hmm. And, and it was great, too. Whoa. And 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 so I... I won as a head trick. I won. Was I a head tricker? You were. Oh, okay. yeah. You beat the shit on me, <laughs> right? and then and then I slipped one over on you with the with the victory roll. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed working with the kid back in the day. I mean, was, <laughs> you know, there's certain people like you know, like when you're you're running 300 days out yeah. of the year, you wanted to come that chemistry come smooth. Yeah. Versus like we had this thing. Oh shit! I gotta carry him on my back again tonight. That's right. You know what I mean? It's like if you can carry your own and you have that good chemistry. Well, it's like a night off to me. Yeah, and was working with the kid was just a pleasure all the time. And it, and, and and it wasn't always a pleasure, mm-hmm. was it? Mm-hmm. Was it, man? Because sometimes it sucked to go out to the ring. If if you knew you weren't going to have a great match, that means the well, people weren't necessarily going to be there, and then everything hurt more. Mm-hmm. But you know, at the same time, it's like I'm always like, you know, we we try to adapt to it because yeah. not every time like I might feel good. Yeah, he might be on that night. Uh, I might like I'm hurt from last night for whatever reason. You know what I mean? So. As as professionals, as you know, you, you work for for the match, and you're working for the house. You yeah. know, we know our role. Be it second, third, fourth, fifth match, you're working to build up towards that main event right there. Yeah. And so it's it's to, it's just part of survival in there. And you, you're gonna have people that take care of you, 
And then you're going to have people that just eat you up. I want to ask you both. What's more difficult to deal with in the ring? Someone who maybe isn't necessarily as physically skilled or someone who just doesn't want to listen? I think I know the answer. Uh, Yeah, that's almost... I'll take somebody that's not as skilled over somebody that don't listen any day of the week. Exactly. Because communication... Yeah. I mean, if you're just fighting and struggling to try to get this guy's ear and get this communicate, listen... It's just a lot. It's a lot more harder just mm-hmm. to try to, you know what I mean. So I agree with the kid as well. You know, hey, hey Jimmy, how does your body feel, especially your knees? Um, you know what? Uh, I feel good. I've changed up a lot as far as uh, you know, as my eating habits. You know, as you go, I just turned fifty three, mm-hmm. and so you know, you know, you can kind of get away from uh, you know the lifestyle of being on the road and. Having what's what's convenient, you know, get yeah. out late at night. All right, McDonald's the only thing open, and so now you know, you know, my body feels a lot better now. I, I have a lot more rest. I'm not pounding <clears throat> my body like you know, two three hundred days out the year. My knees, knock on wood, you know, they're okay. I never had knee surgery and. And, which was weird because I was the one doing all the splash. Insane! From the Come on, man! It came you know to me I'm one day. I, that, right? I was like, you know, after a while, I mean, years and years, I look at Sammy and says, "You need to be coming off the top rope yeah. so I can save my yeah. knees." I, I got a good idea. Yeah. Let me splash this guy from the top rope to the floor. Oh my goodness, yeah. Worcester, Massachusetts. That's right. that, it was TV. either Worcester, it was Worcester or, or Lowell, one of those two. I okay. can't remember, but In Massachusetts, uh, yes, right there to yeah. the floor. And I, 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 I believe I, you know, and this goes back to the training with my uncle. It was such a blessing to have him on there. He was always, you, he wanted to do like, you know, we needed to have some type of shock on TV, something that they don't see that, uh, see you ever do. Yep. And so, you know, he actually came to me and said, you're going to put on two knee pads on both legs. What are you going to splash from the top rope to the floor? I was like. Okay, back in the day, you know, when pops tell you, you don't really question that, you know, because yeah. obviously he has a knowledge. He sees something that I don't. I'm just thinking, of, damn, my knees are going to be busted over, you know. But when that came, they kept airing that move. That's exactly right. It was on the openings of the show. It. Yeah, yeah. If you're on the opening of the show, mm-hmm. that means you're 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 figured out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know, you learn as you go, right? You know, I didn't. Okay, I get it now. You know. So, how did when you did that? Was there any like residual? Like, did did it mess you up at all, or were you okay? After no, you did I was that? okay. I mean, I came back that night. You know, iced it up. I mean, it was sore, but after that, I mean, I never had no, it never longevity, long problems. Off of and was that the only time you ever did that? That was the only time. And as far as everyone knows, that was something you did every night. Yeah. That's it. yeah. Hey, thank you. You know how to read? <laughs> exactly. You know, and you only need to you only need to let them see it one time. You and know it what was mean? really smart on yeah. on Pops's part because yeah. it was a calculated risk that paid off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dividends. You know, at any given time, you know, I would say this: you know, you you can end your career in thirty seconds in there, making the wrong move mm. or. Uh, whatever you know what I mean. It's just you know accidents happen. Have you ever felt like that? There was any time you got hurt to where this might be the end. Uh, oh, I remember when Mabel cracked her sternum. Oh God. Yeah. Wow, man. That? And we were like, Ugh. yeah, because when the sorry, man, I didn't mean to, yeah. yeah, bless his heart, man. Uh, 
he ended up being good to work with later on. But earlier on, man, he was hurting guys. All the, he hurt you and Tatanka, and those are two guys that are hard to hurt. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it from a splash? Uh, yeah, it was just yeah. a simple splash. He came, and it was just all his weight. You know, normally if if you see a guy that's not in the right position, obviously I was selling something mm-hmm. that was given to me. So you want to just, you know, let that move marinate for a second. Let that guy put that move over and let him sell. So I, I think I was on my side still selling, and he came out of nowhere. His timing was just, and he kind of, oh, I think it was five fifty pounds. Yeah. Landed on the side of my ribs and cracked. Let, you know, the, like we say, the show goes on. You know well, what I mean? Did you have to take, t- how much time did you have to take off for that? Uh, I think it was... Uh, I want to say a couple months, kid. Huh. At that. But then, you know, even at that, while you're waiting, you, you want to hurry up and come back. Right. Was yeah. it you that the doctor said this to? It was like head-on collision from a car? Or was that Tatanka? That, it was one of one, it was you Tatanka the doctor said, this looks like something you see in a head-on collision. He probably did say that because that's how I felt. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But I'd have to say, kid, when we're talking about the something that I remember the most dangerous thing, I'd probably have to say the bump off the hell in a cell. Yeah. You know, because when we talked about that first, uh, you know, I knew what the finish was and everything. And again, you know, it's one of those calculated risks that you want to make that highlight reel. That's right, yeah. And so we've seen Mick Foley many a times do that off the hell in a cell and so forth. But I wanted to, you know, when when we talked about it, it says, how can we do something to where, well, there was never a bump going backwards where you never seen off of the top case like that. And I remember it clearly to yesterday is like when uh, Undertaker gave me the locked in the choke slam. Well, when that truck came out, well, first of all, there was no, what we talked about, there was no rail, steel rails. Yeah. For some reason during the show, that truck came out, that flatbed, and there was rails on there. And there, I, for shoot, I really got nervous. Like, I don't know if I can pull this off. You know, there's no turning yes. back. Nope. There's no turning back. This is what we. This is what we work for. The only Speak thing scarier up. is the sound of the people shitting all over you if you yeah. backed out of it. Exactly. Yeah. And so when Taker did that, and then, you know, he put that choke slam to me. Uh, the last thing I just looked back, and I kind of looked at him and says, "Listen, you know, last words I said to him is, uh, tell my family I love them.'" Wow. Jeez. Oh boy. And dude, if you see that that highlight, that reel, that video, as soon as I land, you can see my lips for a shoot. I was so nervous, and it's like, you know, I thought I was dead. I don't know, did I make it? Or, and then when I open, I can hear, you know, the crowd, my eyes are open, but I was still so. Man, you know what? Though, let's talk about that. Dangerous. Let's talk about what you just said, Junior. Because, man. That's the one thing that's, it, it's kind of messed up, man, that that's how we are. That we'll risk dying over mm-hmm. something just to, you know, get that crowd reaction and get that. Man, that's hardcore, man. And part of it's messed up, but that's just, man, that's how much we love this, right? I, I can only say that. It's just it's how much we love it. We're dedicated to be able to, me, I look at it for all the, People, for me personally, if I, if I have a fan out there, a family of a man with uh, his family that's coming to pay to watch me, 
it's that that I keep in mind that I got to go out there and deliver whatever the cards that's put in front of me that's that I'm working with that night is to me personally I got to go out there and perform to the highest and how can I how can I get out there to do uh my best for that family there that fan to remember man and that's a yeah. lot on the line man it's just it's too yeah. much honestly I, you know I I, I really am almost I had heat when I come came home after that bump. You should have. My man. family was like, "How can you, you know, how, how can you risk that?" It's, it's like, listen, you know, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. There. And in, in talking about the dangers, and you talked about the lifestyle, being away from your family, did anyone in your family ever say, "Hey, have you thought about if this is really what you want to do?" Have you ever said that to your sons? Well, <clears throat> first, yeah, I've said that to my sons because I know what it is. And uh, as a father, you know, you want to give your kids, uh, you know, you're coming into my industry, you know. And I'm talking about years and years, 31 years of experience. And, and so you give them that. And and it's up to you when you listen to uh, your kids come back with an answer. You know, to me, it's like I, that's not what I wanted. But it's not about me. Yeah. It's about, you know, what they want to do. And as a father, I supported it. And I knew the transaction for them was going to be easy for them because, you know, they've seen it all their lives. They were around through the hard times, on the road, on the suffering. Oh, we got to get out of this school, transfer to another school, a different state, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, from the get-go with my uncle's office, oh, they put the hammer down on us. Yeah. This is This is what it is, and you're going to, Make up your mind now, and it started. You either respect the business, or you leave it alone. Were there ever any thoughts of doing anything besides wrestling? Uh, growing up, well, I used to like basketball, yeah. man. In high school, um, uh, football was one of my favorites. But you know, when I came to, uh, you'll probably remember this. And uh, my brother uh, still holds the record as the youngest seventeen-year-old to sell out the Madison Square Garden. Yeah, Roddy Piper, uh, Bob Orton. And Jimmy Superfly Snooker. <clears throat> so when he actually broke into business before me, the Tonga kid, and uh, he flew me up to Madison Square Garden to be able to come watch that main event. And when I came to watch the main event, he, you know, he put me up in the booth and so forth. And I'm watching. My brother came out, and I wasn't really watching him, but I was looking at the crowd reaction. I was like, dang, they're all cheering for my brother out there. And then when I came back, came to the dressing room, and there was uh, Chief Strongbow, yeah. Chief J, and old Arnie Scullin. Chief he used said, to call you, Pita Fata Futa. And so I came back, man, and I seen the uh, the payoff that he got. That, I, I guess he had like a $5,000 advance or something Probably like that. Probably got a draw, yeah. It was a 17-year-old yeah. kid. And then I was just so amazed that, you know, I... I got hooked that night, you know what I mean? And I ended up staying over there at my uncle's office in Hampton, Connecticut, uh, by Stanford. Yeah. And we, there there you go. I didn't come back and just start, you know, training. Yeah. You know, so it's a long history. You got to love this. It, I mean, this business is not it's not made for everybody. You know, uh, what it is today, and I, I preach this all the time, that the kids have so much opportunity today. What they see on TV is not exactly what it is. There's so much behind it. That if you want to learn to be a professional wrestler, you know, Google it. You guys have the technology nowadays. Do your homework on what that trainer knows, what you know, what has he done, and so forth. 
Because if you're gonna, if I'm gonna send my kid to a college, I want you to go to the best college. That's as right. Well. right. Don't go to a college because it's convenient for you. It's two blocks away. Or it might be the you know? best price. Or it might be the best you know, price. You know, because you know sometimes that that expression, you get what you pay for. Actually, you know. Exactly. Uh, so, <clears throat> so you know, you, you guys do your homework. The business is so huge nowadays. You and I know, kid, is is big difference from yeah. what it is when we were there. I mean, we were horses. We ran double shots, probably, you know, nonstop. And now it's a whole new different vibe. And God bless them. Yes. God bless every single one of them yeah. that's given that opportunity. But I say this, you know, learn to, you know, to embrace, to love and respect the business and work as a team. Yeah. I, I um, thinking about your voice, you know, are mm. you uh, are you comforted in the fact that the, the industry is a lot better place to uh the environment, the work environment, is a lot better. It's, I mm-hmm. mean, the the culture is a lot is a lot healthier, right? You know, than back when when we were running around full time. You right. know, and I'm <clears throat> grateful for that. I'm, I feel safe with my boys there, honestly. Uh, number one, because I know them. Yeah, I know what type of kids that I raise. You know, the choices that they make. I'm solid with the choices that they mm-hmm. make. So, you know, as far as that, but also with with how the industry and and in that vibe now. Uh, with the WWE, I'm, I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, some of them, I, I don't know. There's a lot of new faces. Uh, so when I do show up, it's just amazing that guys that, you know, that used to be just interns <laughs> who are now like, you know, bosses of all the new generation coming through. But they have all the goods. They got a high performance center. They got doctors that are willing to look after them. They got... Uh, 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 drug rehab places for that's them. right. So if these kids, you guys, they're in good hands, yeah. dude. The, our doctors back in the day, he was my doctor, I was his doctor. Yeah, right. We, you know, we were each other's <laughs> chiropractors. Right? Towel around the neck. I mean, all this crazy and shit. To follow up your point, coming from a physical therapist perspective here. Oh, okay. You know. Things now are 25 years ago, physical therapy was in its infancy still. You know, nowadays, not only is treatment so much better, you look at what Daniel Bryan did with the hyperbaric oxygen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all happy he's back and it's incredible. I think that hyperbaric oxygen, that could change the game across sports entertainment and sports altogether. Yeah. If he can come back, think about what it can do for, for every generation. And that hyperbaric oxygen for all those people that <clears> like <throat> to go out and get drunk, it's a great cure for a hangover. <laughs> I guess morning. it might be, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Oh, man, nothing snaps you out of it. <laughs> oh, I guess I'd have to try that one. <laughs> I'm, gra- I'm, I'm grateful that I don't need it anymore. You're right? <laughs> yeah. And so they're, they're in good hands, you know what yeah. I mean? The, the industry, every every single um, wrestler that's there today, uh, they should appreciate what they have. Uh, they should uh, enjoy the moment and make the best out of it, you know? And when you don't really go around, like... I saw you at SmackDown tapings. You, you were in there. You, mm-hmm. you made a little appearance, said, what's up? You know, pay respect to different people, and you got in and out of there. Right. Uh, but when you go there, and that, and, and, right. I, and I'm down with what you're doing. <laughs> well, right I don't there. know most of the people that are there now. <laughs> but, okay, but the, the talent, that the younger talent, do you feel like you're paid respect by them when you show up? Do you feel that? Oh, yeah, I, I definitely do. I do, kid. too. I mean, I really, you know, and... You know, to be able to get there and, and you have all the love and the, the respect, uh, that that shows value. You know what I mean? And it's, it's important to me, too, when, you know, I see my kids, like they see that. And, and their father, like a lot of the wrestlers, come up and they pay respect. And, and it's a good thing because sooner or later they'll be in this position that we are. 
and you you would love to sooner see, than they think. Yeah, right. <laughs> sooner than exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? The card subject to change. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen that many times. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, what do you think of all this total divas hullabaloo? Your son is one I, of the main stars. I love it. You know what I mean? It's like that's what I'm saying. So much opportunity they have. You know, yeah. dude. Had we had a show like that back in the day. Oh, it would have been platinum. Yeah. You know what I mean? We'd, we'd be all over it. It would yeah. be like, wow. It also would have been pay-per-view, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, so yeah. Do you remember this time? I'm kind of, this is just off. Oh, let's dip all over the place. Yeah, let's but go. One, one time, you, you remember we were in Moncton one time? <laughs> we were in Moncton. Moncton is a small town, but it's a, it's a pretty happening little town. Then we up in the Cadillac. And every, okay, go yeah. for it. Go we, for it. There was this bar called Ziggy's, and that used to it was the place to go there. And they didn't like the fact that what we state? were. What state? It's Nova Mon- Scotia. Yeah. Oh, the Maritimes. <laughs> yeah, and 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 so I, I, somehow it ended up being like me, Scott, Kev, a few other people, Sean. Sean, well, definitely Sean, yeah. <laughs> and and a bunch of the locals, oh and it was like okay. Remember and, we and, all used to have the high tech sudden, boots, and then all yeah, and then all of a sudden this big ass caddy just comes, you know, comes like, you know, and then like out comes Junior on one side, out comes Joke, and they're like. What's up? Oh my God! Everyone just went right back inside. <laughs> <laughs> we we seen them. They had everybody out there. Raleigh. Yeah. I said, man, that's kidding. Those guys, man. Yo, we just floored it. Savio Vega was yeah. there. Savio, Godfather, and Yoko. Yeah. So Uncle back BSK. in the day, we used to wear BSK. That was it. <laughs> back yeah. in the day, we used to wear the long. Remember the long uh, trench yep. coats. And we had high-tech boots. We put high-tech boots in business. So BSK yeah. came to the Clicks uh, Aid in Nova Scotia. In reality, we were all one out there. Yeah, right? we, the camaraderie. You know, I, I talk about that, too. Like, you know, <clears throat> the hype of all that, right? In, in reality, th- these are like our second family. You know, we were all out there. You, we're home with our real family, but when we're on the road, it's our second family that we see each other every day and we work with each other every day. So it's just so important back in the days that we protect each other because we were like for that wheel the wheel right. turns. And we were all important parts of, of you know, keeping the thing going. Exactly. And, and business was tough. And if somebody went down, it hurt. Mm-hmm. It hurt everyone. It's like Taker when he had that when he had the broken orbital socket right. and the cracked ribs, he was still out there grinding right. with a flat jacket on and and, and that Phantom freaking of Phantom mask. of the Opera mask. Right, right. right. Yeah. Right. And that because we needed him. That crew exactly, and that that frame of mind of a group of guys that roster then back then, we all worked as one. Like that wheel turns, man. If we if we knew Taker was drawing the house, selling out, well, damn it, we're all supportive right up for the yeah. And that's one thing, kid. Like, I hope uh, today that the kids can learn something like that. You know, you're not on top all the time. If you are, good for you. But let's not forget about those that open up the show. Let's not forget about those that that are prepping up the show to come to the main event. Because sooner or later, that wheel has to turn. You're going to see the same people going back down as you're going up. And those guys that help shine you up to get you to that, you know, yeah. that are that are on the mid-guard or under guard that, you know, Dude, back in the put day, you over to back, get you in that main event. <clears throat> back in the day as a head shrieker, when we had TV back in the day, man, we used to give a, you know, we learned this from Uncle Fuji and... Uh, Uncle Harry, yeah, steamy hot, steamy hot, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, and Uncle Abba, we used to, you know, like our draw, we get like a hundred bucks, we give it to those guys that we worked with. I mean, I learned that from Kurt Hennig. 
There you and go. Then, and then guys wanted to come and they and, and they That's wanted to work with you and they wanted to make you look good. That's a real story right there. Yeah. Wow, you know? smart. And they were already getting paid more than us that night. Because mm-hmm. we weren't getting right? paid shit for TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, those are the things there. Like, uh, if they're, you know, any any wrestler out there, if you're listening to right now, I mean, these words that we're putting out, man, it, it you know, it goes mild. It goes a long ways, yeah. you know, so utilize it, you know. Yeah. It'll help you guys out. And so, you know, when I left and went to WCW, you know, things, you know, so I wasn't really following what was going on, but, you know, uh, you had that, you know, they tried to do a couple of things with you the that Sultan. didn't work. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I, I, when you guys left, it's funny that you bring this up right here because uh, during that time, I was really, you know, I came from Fatu Make a Difference where Sammy was out of the head yeah. So now they come back. I'm trying to, okay. I got to repackage myself. Where do I go from being a you know hot tag team, vicious tag team, to how do I come back to being a single? And so the Fatu make a difference with all the colors. I was like the doink before doink. Gotcha. With all the colors. But in those days, hey, it's about love, putting yeah, food the, on the table. You know what I mean? So that didn't go too well. And then when, you know, you and I know, when Vince comes up with an idea, he actually contacted me. And it was almost like three months before my contract was over with the Fatu. Said I got this idea here, and then we're talking about the Sultan. And to me, it but was Vince, some... I'm not even from India. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but dude, I was happy though, man, right? because it was like, all right, you know, we've known, uh, you know, many a times if he comes with an idea, he's you know, gone. he's gonna push That's it. That's right. And, and so prepping up to this thing with shaving my head and looking at the design, working with Terry Anderson, yeah, one of the seamsters, and going, man, I was excited, dude. I was, really was. I said, you know what, this is gonna be my time right now. You know, I didn't expect it to be, uh, you know, a different character like from Saudi Arabia. But, you know, in this industry here, when that shot comes and that opportunity, you're going to go ahead and take that opportunity and make the best. So I almost programmed myself. And, I mean, really got into Iron Sheik's head. Yeah. You know, some of the moves and yada, yada, yada and so forth. And then uh, when that happened, I just signed a four-year contract. And I I was on TV. I was, I mean, killing people left and right. They, they gave me a big push on Monday Night Raw. And I think it was only four months, man. Yeah. And then Bret Hart, they came with it to it. Bret Hart was turning heel. And who better to put over the Patriot than a guy from Saudi Arabia? Yeah. So they put the kibosh on that right there. And the next you know, kid, I was sitting at home for like three years. And that during that time, they still had me. I was still being booked up in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, you know, making that loop as well. And then, uh, you know, during that time, you know, you're, you're home, you're, your schedule is not as busy. And I put on weight. I came up to, I think it was probably the heaviest I've ever been was like 480. And that's when Kurt Angle, I met Kurt <laughs> Angle for the first time in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. And so Bruce Pritchard was there. Yeah. And then, of course, his. You know, my contract was almost up. It was another 90 days before it came up. I had my last match right there with Kurt Angle. <laughs> and uh, as soon as that was over, I came back. Bruce Pritchard said, hey, you know, Vince would like to talk to you. He's got uh, an idea here. And next you know, it was uh, the the born of uh, the birth of Rikishi. And when I came back, it was like, okay, man. man. This, I thought it was a rib. Really? I kind of felt like it was a rib. Who goes out there in the thong? Who's one of the boys going out there? And, you know, and, I'm thinking, and then the thing was, is when he came, it was an idea he wanted to do with Yoko, right? But Yoko came out with the long red tights. And, yeah. 
And I didn't want to kind of bite off of uh, Rodney. You know what I mean? I wanted, you know. And so when I was thinking, I said, man, okay, maybe I just want to switch a few things up. You know, maybe I want to dye my hair blonde. Um, I want to do something at the end, like, you know, entertainment, something different that Rodney doesn't do. And then the most important thing to me was I wanted to get the confirm okay from my family. Yeah. Meaning my kids and uh, uh, um, my wife at the time. And, you know, when I came home, because, you, know, you know, my kids are young. They were in high school. You know how rude, uh, how vicious kids can be. <laughs> sure. And when I showed them the drawing and, you know, I showed them the first part, they see the whole front part, but when I flipped the, <laughs> when I flipped it around, it was like, ah, uh, Dad, go for it, and that's all. I never looked back after that, man. Man, yeah, good yeah. thing because it was great. Oh man, was, was the blessing. music? Uh, did you go through dip, like because your music is is so it's in all our heads all the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a good thing. My question is, when it was first presented to you, was it right away you knew that's it? Or did they, how did the music come about? Oh, it was it. That was yeah. it. I mean, I worked with Jim Johnson. You know what I mean? And this character here was hands-on. You know, I've learned a lot, uh, you know, being up there for a while. Like, if you don't turn around and speak up and be a part of, uh, you know, have some type of control of your, your character. Because to me, it was like, you know, I'm the one doing it. So if I can't feel that beat, if I can't feel that music, there's no way I can bring this character, this imaginary character to, mm-hmm. to life. Yeah. And it, that was me, man. I'm, I'm a big dude. I'm a happy-go-lucky dude. You know, I, I, I love to dance every now and then. And everything just messed together. So I brought the head shrinker talent that I knew, and then I brought the entertainment part that, that I do. Yeah. And it just mixed together. And... It was just a good fit with with Scotty and yeah. Grandmaster and yeah, and it really yeah, it was it did man because it really helped those guys a lot and it, mm-hmm. and it, and, it, and, it, and it added to your thing man. It made it was a night it was a really cool package and and I I'm thinking about that ten man tag we had. Why do we think a lot? Yeah. Like look at here, <laughs> I, you know when I'm I'm sitting here I'm having the goosebumps. It's like when because... Uncle it's like when Uncle used to say mind in my communication. <laughs> Was that not the loudest? I mean, from the beginning, we were all out there. Do y'all know what we're talking about? We could talking about the elimination. No, it wasn't an elimination. It was just a ten-man tag. It was. It was Triple H. Triple H. Myself. um, uh, uh, You know the radicals. Perry Saturn. Saturn. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, Benoit Mm -hmm. uh, and and Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn and Perry. Yeah, and Mick Foley, The Rock, myself, Scotty, and. Yeah, wow. oh, it was just insane, man. From beginning to end, the people never. There were, you know how I, I talk about sometimes nowadays in the in the matches, even the great ones, the bottom falls out of the crowd and you can't hear them. Ne- the opposite. It was at a fever pitch the whole time. You couldn't. It just stayed there. Yeah, it's it stayed there, hot. You know, and it was a good feeling to be able to be a part of that. You know? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. And it started off hot that. like that. And oh, to start it off yeah. hot like that, that's not easy to keep it going. Well, we had a and and we had their and we had their attention like split a couple of different places, which yeah. we usually don't do in matches. Right, right. But, I mean, it was so loud that night yeah. from the beginning to the end of that match. Was, and you did this really cool spot with Benoit, where like where he ended up giving you a German suplex. Yeah. Wow, man! The way you got up on that stuff. 
What do you guys Anyways. think it was about this match that made the crowd go so insane? Well, uh, just a lot of talent lot in there of, that knew what was up. <laughs> of, we were all fired up. And I the mean, crowd that knew what was up. And, yeah. and I think it was so cool to see. Obviously, Too Cool is all about having a good time, but when Too Cool gets pissed off, I think it adds it to a different level, and that's kind of what that was going on. Mm-hmm. I spin kicked Brian Christopher so hard it knocked his goggles <laughs> off his head. <laughs> and his braids. His braids. <laughs> Something I noticed in all the matches you had, whenever you'd kick Rikishi, he'd never put his hands up. Oh, which, is no, that, that, which is something that something Sean always, always warns everybody yeah. about. You've got to put your hands up. on, Especially <laughs> one where you take his backspin kick in the corner and you're still standing, and he hits you with another one right in the jaw, and you drop for the Bronco Buster. <laughs> right. It's just like, oh, man, you guys really just laid it in on each other. Well, I mean, dude, that's being, pro, that's being pros out there. Yeah. Like, I know, like, you, you can feel like he's really trying to hurt yourself, you know, or if that person's really trying to shoot on you. I yeah. mean, we're, we're that smart out there. And so... But when you go out there and you perform, dude, bring it. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to want, Sean, kid, you're going to bring it to me. Yeah. You know, I'm going to give it to you as well, and let's do this. Yeah. Well, and it feels good, man. Like, yeah. I, I'm, of, I'm of the type that, man, it makes me feel good when I'm getting my ass kicked mm-hmm. out there a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. You, know, you, yes. you want it snug and tight. Yes. Well, I heard on an interview they said, Simone, especially you, we're light as a feather but solid as a rock in the ring. That's and a really I, good way to describe yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you. I think Valvina said that about you. We, we, you know, again, it it comes from your training. And, uh, you know, I owe all that to my uncles. You know what I mean? It's just to, you know, to perfect the craft. You know what I mean? I mean, I used to watch them on TV. And, man, like they're killing people out there. Mm -hmm. And I hear so many stories from Ernie Ladd, Junkyard Dog, uh, back in the day from New Orleans. Like, your uncles, they were like, they looked like they're rough out there, but it was so... Professional, you yeah. know what I mean. So, I had big, fi- uh, big shoes to fill. <laughs> hey, or hey, try to fill. How was it working with Stone Cold? Oh, Steve was best, man. Yeah. I love it. I, you know what? I, I the one thing that I do miss uh, 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 in the career, and especially working with Steve, and that opportunity where, um, you know, that you were the I, guy, I, I, man. I you were the guy. one that that ran him you know, over in the back. Aww. Uh, you know, I. I what was I wish, that? Detroit? Joe Lewis? I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Boy, we got good memories, yeah. man. You know? Motor City, good place to run someone over. No, Steve was a pro, man. I mean, he, Steve was. He was the man. Yeah. And whenever you got an opportunity to work with Steve, I mean, you, it was just one of those opportunities like, you're going to enjoy that ride for however long. And I wanted, it to, I wanted it to be long. Trust me. Yeah. I wanted to have that loop with Steve and to be able to. Uh, one thing that I wanted was to have a chance to be able to become a world champion in WWE, and I never uh, that never happened. But working with those guys like Steve Austin, The Rock, uh, any other era it would have happened, Junior. But right. it was just so stacked, man. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> exactly. The Rock and Stone Cold all in one era. Dude, I mean, it was what it was F? crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were, I mean, the Attitude Era to me, I am so thankful and so grateful that I was around that era and to be around a a bunch of group of guys that get it. Yeah. The guys, when I say get it, oh, we all got it, you know? And it just made made that ride. If you didn't, you didn't last long. No, you didn't. Yeah. You ended up riding at the front of the bus (laughs) on the jump seat and then you were gone. Exactly. That quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... It was a team effort with that roster. We were all out for one goal to be able to keep yeah. this, keep that shit moving, man. Yeah. 
And it was, you know, guys that paved the way, and then we came through, and then now, look where it's at today, you know. So, hey, so let's let's um, let's go back and talk about the event you got coming up this weekend again. Oh man, I'm excited. Yeah, you know, I, I wish mean? I was going to be here, man. I know, but I, I knew you would. You know, if you were I mean, available, you'd be yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a wrestle fair. It's going down uh, this weekend, April uh, 29th on a Sunday. The doors open at nine. It's uh, it's our second annual. Um, featured by, uh, uh, put on by Knoxville Entertainment. And this is our second annual going back into Paris, California at the uh, um, Southern California Fair. And it's, uh, we're going to have like uh, cosplay. Uh, we're going to oh, awesome. have uh, Transformers there. We're going to have VIP signing. Uh, Mil Moskras, uh, icon WWE Hall of Famer, is going to be there. Candice uh, Michelle is going to be there. Uh, we're going to have the, the first time, first time ever get, and you know this as well, we do so many uh, wrestling signings together, like all over the country, but there has never, never, ever been a Samoan dynasty signing together. And so I'm having well over 13 to 14 family members. Wow. Uh, all the way from uh, Uncle Sika, a WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, Uncle Rocky Johnson is going to be there. Uh, my tag team partner, who I've learned a lot in, and just uh, thank you for uh, for carrying me <laughs> for the years. Is Sammy unbelievable? Uh, going to be there. one of the greatest I've ever been in the ring with. Could wake up from right. a dead sleep <laughs> and go in the ring and kill it. <laughs> and so we're going to have the first family reunion. Is going to be you know the past, the present, and the future. That uh, must be like be... that must be like trying to herd cats, getting all <laughs> well, the people together. Well, you know what? I'm happy that this is happening. Uh, because, you know, everywhere, when I do do signings by myself, they're always asking about the family members. And this is an opportunity to where we're going to have a little Q&A. Or we're going to have a little light refreshments and, you know, some <laughs> gift bags and some, you know, stuff like that. Kind of give it that island feel to educate uh, the wrestling fans who we really are. And what you've contributed you know? to the industry, yeah. yes, your sir. family. Yes, sir. And I'm grateful for that. And yeah. I hope everyone else is equally as grateful. Thank you, kid. And... So it's going to be awesome, you know what I mean? There's going to be uh, games for the kids. They're going to be able to come out there and uh, do paintball and cosplay. Uh, uh, there's going to be uh, all kind of stuff happening. Man. So if you guys just, you know, if you want to uh, check it out, just go on WrestleFair.com. Yeah. Uh, you can follow at Knoxville, all the Twitter handles, IG, as well, and you'll get all your information. And so it'll go down Sunday. And Junior, did you say you have uh, some tickets to give away for the, for our listeners? Absolutely. We got 10 tickets you want to... Uh, oh, thank that's you. so generous. Right here thank we you. can give away here then to thank be able to... Uh, lucky winner. That's awesome. So join us. Yes, that's so great. Thank you so much. So <laughs> we're going to figure out a really cool way to get those tickets to you fans. Check on Sean's social media, and we're going to yes. run a contest. We're gonna, we'll make it fun for you. And, of course, uh-huh. Knox Pro has a school as well. If anyone's right. listening and yes, well, training. We we yeah, we do have a school. We're relocating now. Uh, as I talked to, mentioned that the kid during our Korean barbecue feast, we <laughs> we re, we used to be up in Sun Valley, California, and so now we're relocating now. Uh, after we uh, we finish this big event here, and then we'll be posting up on our social media at Knox Pro on Twitter, at Knox Pro on IG, and at Knox Pro. Entertainment on uh, Facebook as well. So, knoxpro.com 
And some of your alumni is, is, is include Rusev. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the Bulgarian brute. That's bragging From material. Rusev. I brag about training him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we had, you know, myself and my, my cousin Reno. Yeah. And uh, it was great Dan to see David. Him. It was Gang- great to see Reno yeah. last week. And uh, David Gangriel yeah. was a, a, a big part of uh, helping out training uh, Rusev. And we're just, you know, as a, as a trainer, when you see one of your students uh, graduate up to the next level, and kind of stay there mm-hmm. is because that tells me right there he was listening. And you were teaching him you more know? than just what to do in the ring. Uh, every because I know that because every time I see him, he's about the most respectful person I, I've ever met in my life. And ain't that what, what it's about, kid? Yeah. We talked about this uh, last when we were eating. It's like there's nobody like when we used to walk in the locker room. If if uh, you know one of our main players or or, or older. Uh, a uh, person on the roster comes in and there's no chair, there's a full, you, you're going to get your butt up. Yeah. If I'm younger, I'm going to get my butt up and give him that chair. Yeah. And so. It was just went without saying. And, and it, uh, an incident happened in ROH last week huh? where some guy, some local guy, like, was sitting in Chris Daniels' chair, who was a veteran in that locker room. Mm-hmm. And when it was time for him to get up out of his chair, there was an issue and ended up being a fight over it. I think Flip Gordon or something whipped this guy's ass. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so I mean, yeah. the man, it's everyone. Everyone doesn't know the the code anymore. Like it's it's not that we right. can't assume everyone was brought up, you know, and, and had and, and knows the code. And, well, and that's what I mean. It goes back to where you're training at, who you're going to surround yourself to get that true knowledge, and you know, <clears throat> to see Rusev doing his thing now, and to be able to finally live his <clears throat> dream, uh, what he came to seek. Uh, the training was given, it's validated, it's no. verified, it's confirmed that the training that we teach our kids works. All we got to do is have your ear and do the work. You yeah. know, Say less and just listen to what we're trying to teach you. You know, Because no. not, not everybody that comes to the academy is, is going to be a wrestler. Not everybody's going to make it. And we just straight shoot with the kid. It's not about a membership. I can care less about that. The one thing that I say this is that every kid that walks through that door, I already have respect for that kid. I don't even know him or her, but I respect that because there's only one reason why you're walking through is because you love the industry and that way. Trying to pursue your dream. Exactly. And yeah. so when when they come, you you and I know this kid. Like you know, it's, it's made for some, and then it's made. You know, then some it's not. Yeah. You know, it's not what they think. But it's it kind is. of for them to find out, though. It's not for us to kill their dreams, right, right. Junior? Absolutely, absolutely. And then yeah. it goes to the training. Because like, I mean, my when they dream, come, somebody would have killed my dream in a second back in the day. Because I didn't look like you know I was going to mount anything. <laughs> well, they don't. They don't understand. I mean, some you know. You remember when we come in the train? You 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 get them up. Yep. You're sweeping the floors, you're cleaning the bathroom. What, what does this have to do with training? What? Just listen. Okay? We all done yeah, it. Mr. Miyagi stuff right you know, there. Set up the ring. Take down the ring. Yep. You're going to drive the drink truck. We're going three days out this way. I want you to get there, set up yep. the ring, wait, wrestle, turn around, tear it back down, and here yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, but I didn't eat. There's crackers. Figure it out. <laughs> Go into Denny's, get some peanut butter and some jelly, and yeah. put it in your bag or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. make it work, adapt. You know, because yeah. that's what it is. You, know, you hey, got to put in work. Junior, once again, real quick before we go, uh, hit your social media again, just because I want okay. it to be one of the last things they hear. Yeah, you can follow me at the Real Rikishi on Twitter and also on IG. It's Junior Rikishi. That's J R 
and uh, R-I-K-I-S-H-I, Fatu, on IG. And also you can follow me, the same uh, J-R-R-I-K-I-S-H-I, Fatu, on my uh, fan page on Facebook. Sweet. All right. Thank you for coming in, man. I love you, kid, I man. love you, too, very Thank much. Thank you guys so much for this opportunity uh, to be able to be uh, uh, on your show. I'm so happy to see my friend here has a show, and it's just surrounded by such a good, uh, close vibe here. And it's good to see we made it, man. We did, man. We even if, I'd say this. Even if something happens unforeseen and, and I pass for some reason, like, I still made it out the other side. Till we meet again. Right? <laughs> Till we oh, meet again. making me misty-eyed right now. Real <laughs> quick. Real quick. Let's get yes, this all done. Thank you to both of you here. for letting us share in on your convo today. You guys can always hit real me quick. Up. You guys can always hit me up at Chrissy Reports. Jimbo? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the booth. Sean will be in Seattle on April 28th for Defy Wrestling and in Vegas for the Cauliflower Alley Club next week on May 2nd, presenting Shawn Michaels with an award. Uh, use the hashtag XPOC12360. Follow us on Twitter at the real or Sean on Twitter at the real XPOC. Instagram XPOC12360. Facebook XPOC12360 show. And Sean shirts at prowrestlingtees.com slash Sean Walden. Uh, Jay Quasto, and if you live in L.A., I have a blood drive at Children's Hospital of L.A. this weekend, Friday, Saturday. Give blood, save a life. Yes, and we will be giving away those tickets to the Wrestle Fair. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Take us out, Sean. Hey, we'll see you right here next week on X-Pac 1, 2, 3, 60, After Buzz TV, Westwood One, Jericho Network. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, Christy Olson, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow Xbox on Twitter at The Real Xbox and email us at Xbox 12360 Show at gmail.com.